nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn. Borodar Palb Kroisori Abitawi. Hello everyone, welcome to Swansea, the Twilight Show, Teachers Talk Radio. Tonight we're talking about the Duke of Edinburgh Award, a life-changing experience, a fun time with friends, an opportunity to discover new interests and talents, a tool to develop essential skills for life and work, many things to many people over many generations now. Tune in, talk it out. Live from Swansea, this is the Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And Borodar Pab Kroisori Abatawi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Swansea and the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn, here on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, now, tonight we are joined by um, some wonderful guests. We're joined by Steve and Ben, uh, both who run Duke of Edinburgh groups at Derwin College. Um, we're also joined by Rihanna Wingrove from the Duke of Edinburgh themselves, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh Award themselves, um, who supports schools and organisations in. Um, uh, yeah, running this uh, th- this project, this award, this uh, th- this program. Um, as I said in my introduction, there it's a, you know it's described as a life changing experience, a fun time with friends, opportunity to discover new interests and talents, a tool to develop essential skills for life and work, and many things to many people over many generations. I'll tell you why you know about many generations makes me giggle a little bit in a minute. Um, I can see we've got uh, someone in there. I'm going to assume that's Ben from the user name ben can you hear me yeah i can hear you mate lovely stuff you're just a little quiet there so if you can be just can you be a touch closer to the mic yeah uh, anywhere yeah yep. Yeah, that's great um so yeah. as i say we should be joined by a couple of other speakers as well now uh ben the other thing i'm going to need to check in with you is uh, can you mute yourself have you found that feature yet oh yeah. perfect yep yeah. i can see that that pops up you know, uh, eating crisps over the news or anything. We're, we're, we're sorted there. So as I say, we will also be joined by um, Steve, hopefully, and Rihanna Wingrove. They'll be joining us as well. If you are in the studio right now, just hit that call in button and I will connect you. Um, as I say, you know, uh, the, the Duke of Edinburgh Award is probably something that everyone has uh, heard of in some form or another. Possibly some misconceptions that people will have um, about about it and when I say misconceptions I think people you know we'll talk about this a little bit through focus on one aspect of it more than others and I think people are really familiar you know when they think about it of that they, they, they picture a specific thing and I don't want to say it out loud just yet I also did laugh a little bit as you know as we started off they're talking about many generations because I should say I've got kind of family skin in the game for this episode because I remember very vividly as a, I think I must have been maybe like four years old when I went on my first Duke of Edinburgh expedition, not as a participant, you know, we'll talk 
about the age limits a little bit later. But because my um, my my parents, my my dad ran a group, my mum ran a group. Uh, both of them were teachers. Actually, I think my sister ran a group at one point as well. It, it's something that is there, and I imagine most schools will be familiar. But it's something that I wanted to talk about, and particularly for people maybe who haven't talked about it. You know, um, thought about it, really get into the nitty gritty. Because I think, as I say, there may be a perception that it is one thing, and it possibly is so much more um so ben uh you still with us yeah i'm still here steve's having a bit of trouble getting in though okay well don't worry we'll keep uh, uh trying away keep plugging away if he can find his way into the studio he'll join us um now ben we start things off we will you know just kind of getting to know you a little bit why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you currently do so yeah my name's ben uh I work at Durban College. I've worked there for about six and a half years. Uh, started off as a support worker, which I still do alongside uh, a new role, which is I'm a sports and leisure activity maker. Uh, and I'm also a Duke of Edinburgh leader as well. Uh, fantastic. And, um, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask sort of all of our guests as they come on tonight is, did you do it yourself when you were sort of a young person? No, and that's one of the things that I've been absolutely gutted with since I've started doing uh, the award at uh, college with the students. It's something that I'm quite gutted that I never did when I was actually in school. Um, Yeah, looking back, I really wish I had done it. And uh, another thing that I wanted to get kind of, you know, into the nitty gritty of, you, you talked a little bit about sports there. Are you, uh, I think there's a perception sometimes of the Duke of Edinburgh Award, people focus on the expedition stuff. Are you an expedition-y type person? Are you an outdoorsy person? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you'll find me in the mountains most of the time. Uh, get out walking as much as I can, um, which has obviously been invaluable then for then transferring my skills over to the, being a DV lead and and uh, transferring my passion for it across to the students as well. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about kind of what's involved in everything, you know, as we get on a little bit more into the show. But obviously, you know, I just wanted to get that out there because I my impression is, and I don't want to put this on to, to people, maybe I can be corrected. If you are listening live, please shoot me down in the uh, the text or in the chat. Um, you can tweet us as well, don't forget, at TT Radio 2022. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm positioning it that I imagine uh, a lot of Duke of Edinburgh Award leaders are maybe geography teachers or um, PE teachers. I don't want to specify there. Um, any opinion on that that I'm putting out there, Ben? Um, I'm trying to think of the teachers that did it when I was in school. There was a, a mix, really, of all subjects, science. Uh, my, really? dad was, my dad was actually a maths teacher. Yeah. Um, so it's something that I've always wanted to get into is teaching. Um, yeah. And this this has been a, yeah, a good little pathway for me starting off, really. Okay. Um, and yeah. so... Uh, Sorry, mate, well, well. No, go for it. Um, so um, the um, when you first kind of got it, you didn't do it yourself. You heard of it um, before you started becoming a leader? Yeah, definitely. I knew what it was. Um, not many of my friends group did it in school that's probably partly why i didn't do it but i obviously knew about the award um the, the college has been doing it for i think it's about eight years now so and i've been there about six and a half um so and i've only just probably started to get involved 
with it at college over the last maybe two years. Um, so yeah, I definitely knew about it. Um, yeah, but as I said and, before, I just gutted that I didn't do it in school. And can you tell us just a little bit about sort of Derwin College itself? Because, you know, it, it's a specialist school. Yeah. So we are a residential college. We also have day students as well for young adults with a range of learning disabilities, autism, physical disabilities. Um, and yeah, we're based in Shropshire, not far from Oswestry. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just seen there, um, I think Rihanna is in the studio. Um, Rihanna, yeah. if you try clicking that call in button, um, you, um, I, I will try and connect you. Oh, I think I can see you now. Rihanna, can you hear me? I can indeed. Thanks, Nathan. Apologies. The joy of technical no. issues. Hey, you know, gremlins in the system at the end of term is is the way. I haven't even mentioned the fact that, you know, we've been through a pandemic and now a heat wave and all of those things. Crazy times that we live in. Um, Rihanna, if you can just be a little bit louder for me, that'd be wonderful. Absolutely. Is that better? Oh, that is perfect. Yeah, lovely. Uh, coming through loud and clear. Now, uh, we were just having a chat there, me and Ben, about um, the kind of people who do uh, Duke of Edinburgh, the kind of people who lead it, you know, and some perceptions around it. I should say, um, uh, lovely part of the country that you're in, Ben. I happen to know, I used to live in Oswestry Street myself, and my dad was born. You you are the closest to Wales, I think, you can possibly be without actually being Welsh. Uh, there in Oswestry, Street and my dad was born maybe like five miles across the border in Lansan Fry um, oh, wow, cool. so yeah 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 as a beautiful for outdoor education up there though I mean you the access to Snowdonia amazing anyway that's enough of my, my geographical geography history lesson I'm going on there Rihanna <laughs> uh welcome um Rihanna we were talking about what kind of you know uh, introducing ourselves and everything Rihanna do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and your role within the Duke of Edinburgh Award yeah absolutely um so I work in the southwest predominantly and when I started with the charity four years ago I worked as what we call an operations officer so someone working directly with organizations supporting them to deliver the award to their young people um huge variety of organizations and it's forever growing which is fantastic um, and in the last year i've just taken a step up to managing a team of people that do that so i'm a little bit further removed from the on the ground but actually in many ways get a greater impact on on what those young people have access to and the opportunities that we can open the door to and can I ask, did you do it yourself when um, when you were younger? I did. It's the most embarrassing part of this for me is I started as unfortunately, I, I didn't have access in my high school. But when I went to college, I had access to doing the char the award through through them and started my gold award. However, unfortunately, wasn't able to finish everything. I did a lot of my sections though and i forever rabbiting on about the the joy of things like volunteering and the activities that i did there so unfortunately i don't have that gold badge that so many young people out there do which is fantastic but not quite for myself yeah you know i think maybe we should talk about i, I can't remember if i put it on the question list at some point but this is a you know one of the powers i guess of the duke of Bever Edinburgh Award is because when you say that gold badge I instantly know what it looks like I think people instantly recognize this qualification if that's the right word uh you know as a as a thing it's 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 nationally known internationally known maybe um and uh, uh people recognize it um 
employers recognise it. Would that be correct? Absolutely. I think it's grown from strength to strength since we started it. Gosh, I mean, it was 1956 when His Royal Highness began the, and developed the programme. And we're now in over 130 countries, provinces, states worldwide. And I don't think back in 1956, they would have ever envisaged that this is what it would grow to become, something that, you know, I talk to, to, to my grandparents and they know what it is and my neighbours and my friends. And it's, I think it's much more um, out there in common perception and we're much more aware of it. And obviously with the unfortunate passing last year, it's even more aware than, than maybe we were two years ago. But I do think, like you say, there's that, that understanding of, somewhat of an understanding I should say and I know we're going to talk a little bit about the challenges later but I think there's a level of appreciation of what that means for a young person who's done that award at whatever level they've done it there's a commitment that we understand goes behind it. Um, and, and you say uh, you know somewhat understanding and I know that's something that you know for me I you know I recognize as 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 a part of it as an outdoorsy person myself when we talked to Ben outdoorsy are you yourself an outdoorsy person if you'd have asked me as a teenager I'd have probably said no <laughs> um, as I've got older I've got more and more into it um, but possibly like many people I wouldn't necessarily have ever approached anything like walking or expeditions and DV was my first experience of that and since then that kind of set a spark and that's led me to down a lot of the the paths that I've taken in life was actually in large part due to finding this when I was 17, 18 years old. So I'm, I'm more outdoorsy now than I would have been when I was 15, 16. Let's put it that way. Fantastic. No, you know, I, I guess, you know, and when we talk about this, the breadth of some of the, the challenges that happens means that there are different bits that bring to, to different people. Um, now I wanted to ask, you know, as we are getting to know ourselves, um, and, um, I'll start with Ben. Um, ben, any luck on Steve, do you know? He's still trying. He's had an issue because he was doing it through a PC. Uh, so oh, he's yeah. Try it through his phone. He's going to try it through his phone now. Yeah, best to call in. Just... <laughs> I yeah, don't that's... think he's got headphones. Uh, we'll give it a try. Sometimes there isn't an echo. Yeah. Sometimes there is. Yeah, tell him to call okay. in. Uh, um, it would be great to talk to him as well. Now, Ben, I wanted to ask you, though. Um, yeah. The Duke of Edinburgh, as an award that a school would run, could be seen as an additional um, thing, something additional to um, what the school normally does. Um, why do you continue to kind of volunteer uh, your effort? You know, why do you continue to to see the benefit in it? What's in it for you? Uh I mean, lots of things really obviously like I said before I, I'm an outdoorsy person I'm out in the mountains all the time anyway so to be able to do my job out in the mountains out walking with the students it's it's my ideal job really um, the difference that we see in our students is huge when they do the award um, it, it helps them with other things while in their time at college with their independence um, obviously our students do, uh, they're on other curriculum areas and it helps with that as well. It's just, uh, it's just an amazing thing for them. Um, so yeah, personally, I get a lot out of it. It's, it's another rewarding part of my job. Um, yeah, and I, I love it. 
And, um, you know, if I throw over to Rihanna there as well, Rihanna, obviously, you know, this is part of a job for you, but it must be something that brings, I get, you know, I guess some fulfillment. What is it that makes you get up and go to work every morning, feel passionate about the Duke of Edinburgh Award? I always think I'm incredibly fortunate to have the job I have because I do love it so much. And a big part of my day-to-day joy is seeing young people achieving things that maybe they never thought they would or they never saw as possible for themselves. So a lot of what I get comes back to young people. And I think a lot of what we do comes back to young people. They're at the heart of everything that that we do as a charity. But it's it's seeing... Um, for example, this last week, I know a, a young person's gone on an expedition in a wheelchair, having never thought they could do that. And was having had lots of conversations about overcoming those barriers. And it's those things, those wins, those opportunities to take away those challenges or provide um, a, an experience, that life changing experience that for that young person might be their spark, might be the thing that helps them get up in the morning or gives them a reason to do things. And I think for me, that's a huge part of why I love my job so much is I get the breadth of organisations and young people I get to see and what they do. Every single young person I come across has something that they can say, oh, I've I did this and that's me. I've done that. I've achieved that. I think that's just, yeah, that's what it's all about for me is is giving young people the opportunity and seeing them thrive when they have it. Fantastic. And we get, you know, as, as we get on with the show, we'll hear a little bit kind of about some of those um, different things that people are doing. And, I, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to hear, the, the, as you say, the, the, the breadth of that and the different ways, because I, I imagine you, you get um, like new ideas or people asking, is this a possibility? Is that a possibility? And um, kind of pushing the envelope, pushing the boundaries of what can be achieved within the award. Always. And I encourage it. I do. I think we're ever evolving. We've shown massively in the last couple of years that we can evolve and change. We've had to. Everybody's had to. We've had a pandemic that's forced it. But we've also, I think, more so than ever before, we're taking a real front foot and saying we need to be really relevant for young people. So things like um, esports. When I did DV, I mean, esports wasn't even particularly a thing but now we're saying you know it can be and that can be a skill for a young person and they can develop that it's about teamwork and and things like that so we are forever looking at what we do and saying you know challenges what do you think could work what's interesting to you how can we make that fit is there any way of doing it and yeah forever forever evolving if we didn't we'd we'd stagnate and be we wouldn't be relevant anymore so absolutely Fantastic. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to pop to a, a short little ad break. When we come back, um, it will be great to hear kind of a bit more about what's involved in the Duke of Edinburgh Award, what those different challenges are and how people can complete it. And maybe some of the things operationally about, you know, if a teacher is listening uh, or a school leader or any organization, organization, really, and we can talk about that a bit, is... Um, you know, how they can uh, put it in so that their young people can have some of the experience that it sounds like you guys are having, uh, getting to see day in, day out. So um, if you are listening in, we are just going to hear a touch from our sponsors and we will see you on the other side. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group 
the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Swansea and the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn, here on Teachers Talk Radio. And tonight we are talking about the Duke of Edinburgh Award, uh, a life-changing experience, a fun time with friends, an opportunity to discover new interests and talents, a tool to develop essential skills for life and work, many things to many people over many generations now. Uh, I'm joined by Ben, who runs DV groups at Derwin College, a specialist college for young adults with uh, special educational needs and disabilities, and Rihanna Wingrove from the Duke of Edinburgh Award, uh, who supports schools and organisations in its delivery. Um, so uh, welcome back, Ben. Hello. Hello. Yeah, just checking in with you there, just to check that you you made it back after the ads. And and hi there, Rihanna, still with us? I am indeed. Fabulous stuff. Um, so, um, in this kind of main part, you know, I wanted to ask about, and you know, maybe it's easiest for this if I throw to Rihanna first for that kind of you know organisational message, and then we hear from Ben about how it works in practice. But Rihanna. Uh, who is the Duke of Edinburgh Award for? You know, what age, what abilities, what aptitudes, who's it targeted at? So the the award is for any young person aged essentially year nine up to the age of 25. Um, and in terms of ability and aptitude, it's open to everybody. We have purposefully created a really personalised programme that allows a young person to decide at what level they want to pitch their activities 
choosing what cause they want to volunteer for. So there's bronze, silver and gold awards. And at each there's a number of sections they do, but they can choose what they do for them. So we talked a little bit about being relevant before. And I think that's where that young person building their own program gives them the opportunity to tailor it to them, to their ability, to their aptitude, to their interests too. Um, so fully accessible and um, open to all, achievable by all. It's one of our principles, as we would say, is that there are no barriers that we can't overcome if we work together and we have support to do it. So yeah, absolutely everybody. Um, traditionally, we see it's running in schools, but we also have youth clubs, hospitals, prisons, sports clubs, fostering agencies. It, it's really um, endless, the opportunities there. Fabulous. And, and Ben, in your setting then, do you uh, ask everyone to join? Do you um, uh, put it out to application? Who do you see gravitating towards it? Um, so every student that um, starts college will be asked if they would like to join the award. Obviously not every everyone will join, but we have a pretty high take up. Um, we have some that won't take it up in their first year but we'll then see how much other students enjoy it and then want to take it up in their second year um so we've we've had some students this year that haven't done it and hopefully they'll be starting the bronze in uh, september um but we have yeah a wide range of students really with a wide range of disabilities that will take up doing the award and do you see any um, sort of hesitancy in them? Are there ever any sort of questions, maybe from parents, carers about this? Maybe they've, you know, they've heard about it from their own school days and they're kind of asking. Um, yeah, possibly with some students. I'm not sure about parents. Steve will probably be able to answer that a bit better. Um, we do have some students that are quite nervous about doing it. Um, but I think once they start, they realise how, how amazing it is and how much fun it is and, uh, yeah, and then they, uh, they grow to love it. Now, I'm hoping we've been able to connect, Steve. Now, now, Steve, are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Good evening, Nathan. Sorry about that. Hey, you are coming through loud and clear, and that is perfect. Now, Steve, we've done introductions already, but we, you know, let, let, let's pause for a second and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Okay. So I work at Derwin College, which is a, a specialist college for uh, young adults with a, a wide range of learning difficulties and learning disabilities. Um, I'm the sports coordinator there, but also as part of my role, uh, I head up the DV programme. Um, I've worked at the college for 15 years. Uh, it's a fantastic place and I'm very fortunate to, to do a job that I absolutely love doing. Okay, and so I, I, I have asked this of the other two guests, and so I'm going you know, to put you on the spot maybe just a little bit. Did you do the Duke of Edinburgh Award yourself as a young person? Do you know what? I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't, um, but that wasn't. That was more because of lack of opportunity. Um, as a kid, I loved being active. I loved being outdoors. Uh, just unfortunately, the school that I went to didn't offer the DV program, um, and sort of being involved in it now, I can see exactly what I missed out on and, and what a fantastic opportunity it is for for any young person to take part in. Uh, fantastic. And I, I guess the other question that I've asked of them, to, you know, to, to kind of put, you've kind of answered my one about whether you're outdoorsy or not. And when we talk about kind of what's involved, I think we'll kind of come on to that for anyone who's listening who maybe just understands Duke of Edinburgh Award as expeditions. Uh, but you've kind of answered that for me. Um, the other one that, we, you know, we've talked about is what do you as a, as a kind of volunteer into this, what do you get from it? 
Yeah, it's simple, really. Uh, the highlight of the Duke of Edinburgh for us is watching students achieve, um, watching them celebrate success and, and seeing the sense of pride and, and the belief that they have. That's just an amazing thing. Um, that's just incredibly rewarding. It's incredibly motivating. And it's just a real sort of inspirational journey to be part of. Um, and, you know, we, we were just talking about the kind of uh, students who do it, the kind of, um, you know, uh, any perceptions that people have about it. And in your setting, then, I guess you are considering a number of ability levels and a number of different support that needs to go in place to, to be able to achieve it. Maybe not what people would necessarily um, stereotypically think of people who would be doing expeditions. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, sure. Um, without doubt, there are challenges to delivering a successful DV programme in a specialist college, um, but we're convinced that every single hurdle is kind of worth overcoming, really. Um, we firmly believe that DV should be inclusive and we'll never turn away any student that kind of wants to embark on that challenge. Um, there's a huge amount of planning that goes on for each expedition um, just to ensure that we can kind of meet everybody's needs. Um, and that's not just done by us, that's done by the wider team. So we've got an incredibly supportive kind of care support team and physio team and, and on-site nurses, and they all kind of input into our planning process, really, just to make sure that we can um, take everything into consideration. Um, but kind of throughout college and, and the DV, inclusivity is vital. Um, and that's just because we want to give the students, um, regardless of ability or disability, just the chance to kind of relish the experience and take part like any other young person um, has the right to do so. Hey, and I, you, do you know what? Um, I've I've been on your website because obviously researching it and the photos that you have and you can just tell by looking at some of the activities that are going on that this is something that people are getting a lot out of. You, you can't fake that kind of enthusiasm in those pictures. Um, it looks fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You kind of see the smiles on students' faces. It's just, it's just fantastic. And um, kind of some of my favourite memories are just kind of after a, a long day kind of out walking or out canoeing and you're sitting talking to students just around a, a campfire um, under the stars and listening to them share their experiences and the way they talk with um, immense kind of pride about everything they've achieved that day. That just kind of makes everything worthwhile. Fantastic. Now, uh, Rihanna, I said that, you know, at some point I didn't want, you know, there was a reason I was asking about outdoors things and, uh, the you know, the kind of people involved, because it's not just about that. Maybe that's that's the point I want to get across, I think, is people's perception maybe is sometimes that they uh, it is all about expeditions. Can you tell us a little bit about what else is involved? What's the full package when completing the Duke of Edinburgh Award? Absolutely. So at bronze and silver, at, well, bronze, silver and gold, there are four sections that young people complete, of which the expedition is one. The other three are volunteering. So thinking about giving service to others, the community, animals, social action projects. I've seen some fantastic volunteering projects going on. The other is physical. So anything that's getting a young person physically active, whether that's um, running a marathon or doing yoga or physiotherapy it's what's going to work for that young person and the skills section which I often think of as the passion project section it's where they develop their interests their um, life skills things that they can take on to be 
um, successful in later life. Um, and then at the gold level, there's also a residential section. So this is an added challenge we give to those taking that gold standard on that says they need to go away and experience an environment that's new with people that are new, essentially preparing them for those steps in life when you leave home, when you go off to work or university or you're starting independent living for the first time. So it's trying to give them that opportunity and at every stage of that, as I'm sure Steve and Ben will know, there are flexibilities and adaptations in place to make sure it's possible for young people of all abilities, ages, needs and access requirements. Um, so I'll, I'll throw across to Steve and uh, there as well. So um, can you put that put that into context for me and the listeners? What, what kind of things are people doing, say, for their their volunteering of the of, of the Duke of Edinburgh Award? What what do you have people doing? Yeah, sure. So the college that we work at, uh, Derwin College, it's a registered charity as well. Um, so anything that we kind of do on campus, really, we're working towards the charity aims. Um, so, for example, we've got a charity shop on site and some of the, the students as part of their volunteering, they're kind of sorting through all the different donations and preparing them to be sold uh, in the charity shop. Um, also on site, we've got our own um, Duke of Edinburgh Centre and there's just a huge amount of work that needs to be done there on a daily basis um, so the students are kind of actively involved in in keeping the grounds tidy um, watering plants um, and also kind of caring for the environment and wildlife in that area as well um, so there's kind of plenty to keep the young people engaged and occupied um, and that all kind of works towards the volunteering section of the award. Um, and how about skills? What kind of those skills? Have you got anything uh, outside the norm? I know we've talked a little bit about esports, but there being a possibility there. What kind of skills uh, do you have going on? Yeah, we basically kind of throw that out to the students and just see what they want to do. Um, we offer a huge range of different sort of like things that they can do to 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 meet the criteria for that section so this purely is kind of student-led really and if they want to they've got a particular interest that they want to do or, or something like that we try to support that um kind of recently a, a group um they wanted to kind of learn how to kind of make kites and fly kites so their their skill was kind of making kites and then uh flying them and that was great to kind of see the students do the journey from the start there in terms of researching how to make a kite and then flying the kite and then to watching that kite fly um that's just fantastic and it's that's the type of thing that we look to encourage really um students just to to think of something that they want to learn something something new and something exciting for them well that fantastically kind of takes us on to our next um sort of my next sort of question and i'll, I'll again i'll throw to rihanna first just to hear what the the, the kind of purpose of the scheme but what is it what is it designed to do for these young people taking part a big part of it is about self-development um giving an opportunity to discover passions make fun uh, make friends have fun um and really look at developing skills for life and work so things like problem solving leadership teamwork but also soft skills like communication confidence resilience I mean, we've we've talked a little bit and I don't want to labour the point around a pandemic. I think we've all heard quite a lot about that. But I think one of the things was really seeing on the ground how much that impacted on young people. But on the flip side of that, seeing young people who really developed as individuals, developed in their communities, stepped up into those leading roles and made a big difference. And it's giving them the opportunity to say, do you know what you, you can do, you can achieve 
you can um, show that tenacity, that resilience, that determination, friendliness, kindness, being part of a, an active part of your community. And um, I think that's that's a huge part of what we're about is developing those people who are rounded young people ready to go off into the world and be active parts of their community. Um, and so if I throw across to Ben now, you know, you're there, you're with these young people and whether it be the expedition or the volunteering or, or learning those skills like the, the, the wonderful kite making, what do you see sort of changing in these young people as, as they take part? I've noticed that even just recently on our last expedition, you literally see them grow in confidence. You see them grow as a person. Um, I had a student on the expedition who actually came up to me and said that um, she knows that she lacks self-confidence. She knows what she's doing, but she lacks the self-confidence to be able to do it. And probably the next day you could see the change in her. She was with a group reading the map where normally she would be uh, completely quiet and shy wouldn't say a word the next day she was telling the group which way to go so you, you see changes in them all the time and it's amazing it's amazing to see and and steve do you, you echo that do you see the, the same things happening over different challenges absolutely yeah you kind of just see the the students grow as young people um, and any kind of little small thing that they achieve, they can kind of take confidence from that and that just raises their self-esteem. Um, and that's what the, the good thing about the, the, the DV program it is, the way it's, a, it's just kind of a, it's, it's a structured program. Um, and that really just does inspire and sort of guides the young people, um, just through the award to make sure that they achieve. Um, so yeah, absolutely. We, we see young people grow. We see their confidence, um, grow and we just kind of see them being, more confident young people that are willing to take on any challenge we can throw their way. Um, Rihanna, you know, just to throw there, you know, we've talked about these kind of uh, the, the the developing of these different situations. And, and personally for me, you know, I was an outdoor ed instructor, so I, I, I honestly see the benefit of being put in a different situation to be able to, um, you know, show a different side of your character, develop your skills in a different way. But is the Duke of Edinburgh set up to... Um, give that breadth to different people because you know for myself the challenge of the duke of edinburgh personally would not be the expedition because you know as i've said i grew up in a family with two duke of edinburgh award leaders in you know as parents and you know for, from a very young age i was in the mountains other parts would be a challenge for me within it certainly you know some of the 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 volunteering things and maybe the public speaking and, and elements like that interacting with others. Is that a deliberate design? Absolutely. I'm always going to say that though, aren't I, Nathan? Um, yeah, it really is. I think when it was first set up, the idea was around mind, body and spirit. And over time, that's developed into skills, volunteering and physical. The you know, that idea of creating a rounded person and challenging them um, to, to commit to something on a regular basis over a period of time. So as you know, Ben and Steve will know, for some young people that might be three or six months, but for others doing gold, that could be even 18 months of regular activity. So it might not actually be choosing an activity, it might be continuing to do it even when the going gets tough. So there's always these things that we've, we've built in to try and help young people to develop, to help them demonstrate to themselves and other people that they 
have that staying power, that they have that confidence that they can do those things. And, you know, those really do develop rounded young people, people that are self-aware, people that are confident, are more independent. Um, and, you know, I've similarly met young people who say to me, the last thing I want to do is the expedition. I hate the idea of camping. Please don't make me do it. And then by the end of the expedition, they're running up and saying, oh, that was fantastic. I'm so glad I did it. Uh, you know, I didn't think I could do it and it chucked it down and it was really horrible, but I did it and I've really enjoyed it actually. And now I definitely do know all the words to Mamma Mia, but it's that kind of popular experience, I think, of giving them the opportunity to say, I didn't think I could, let me challenge myself. Actually, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, that is, you know, fantastic. And actually you, you, you've pointed out there the thing that I would find hardest of all as a teenager when completing which was committing to something over time uh, because this isn't necessarily a, a this isn't a small undertaking for a young person to take on this takes um some consideration some effort on their part to achieve yeah yeah absolutely and what i would say is i think it's easy to underestimate young people unfortunately um but i've often seen young people rise to the challenge of that and I think we just need to give them the support and the tools and they will will run with it they'll absolutely fly so yeah absolutely well I wanted to get on to you know we've talked about the positiveness it has been incredibly positive but I should say you know there probably is some trepidation particularly if there are um, schools that maybe haven't done it before um, someone who's looking to take it up um, as a um, as, as something that they want to provide the opportunity for the young people they work with to to do the Duke of Edinburgh Award, um, what is involved from a school organisational point of view? And I'm going to throw first of all, if I can, to Steve, and then we'll maybe hear about the support that's available to do that from Rihanna afterwards. So, Steve. How much of your time does this take up? How you know how big an undertaking is it for say you know me as a teacher? If I say to my head teacher, I want to set it up and start it doing. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it is a massive commitment. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of dedication from the staff. Uh, but without doubt, the the rewards for the young people. Uh, are well worth doing that really. Um, we're based in, in, in Shropshire and we're supported by the DAV Central England team. Um, and although we are our, we hold our own DAV licence, um, we've got kind of fa fantastic support from the Central England team that kind of basically hold our hand through the whole process. Um, and that just kind of gives us the confidence just to, to do what we're doing and we can kind of run ideas by them. Um, and it just kind of... Um, make sure that we can kind of give the students the opportunities that we can do. Um, the DV is a fantastic addition to the college offer. Um, and that's just a great way of encouraging um, our young people just to kind of grow further and just be independent as young people. Um, so we're, we're a great believer in the award. It kind of fits perfectly with what the college offers. Um, we want to create independent young people and the DV just just supports that really um so yes we definitely recommend it for other colleges and schools out there um so it doesn't sound like you see it as a as an additional then as I've been kind of pitching that it's something extra that the school might take on it sounds like for you it's something that is almost integral to your school 
it has just become part of everything we do now. DV is a massive part of college life. Um, it does form part of the extracurriculum. Um, so there's a massive commitment from it from that point of view. Um, but because we've been doing it so long and we've been doing it so well, it's just part of everyday life. Um, and we're just very, very fortunate to have um, a, a, a team of DV leaders that are just inc incredibly enthusiastic and incredibly supportive. Um, and when you've kind of got a team of staff like that, it just kind of makes um, the experiences better for the young people. Um, and Ben, I'm going to throw across to you, you know, and you can be as honest with this as you like, or you can, you know, you can pad around it. Um, what for you is the hardest part as a, you know, as a leader, as a professional kind of taking on some of these things? What do you find difficult? Um, probably on the expedition, the last one we went on three weeks ago, it was the weather was absolutely horrendous. And when you're stood there dripping wet and looking at your students and they're absolutely miserable, it's it's tough to get to get them all through it. Um, but you but you do you get yeah. you get through it and it's fine. So f for me, that's I don't I don't really find it that hard because I just enjoy I, I enjoy it so much that yeah I don't find it that hard really. No, oh, that's a, a fantastic answer. You know, I, I guess some of these things don't feel like work or a chore if you can see the benefit, or I, I guess if you are seeing, you know, the, the, those children's faces as I have described from your website, and then I've seen them myself. Now, Rihanna, if I throw to you, what when you don't you sell this to a school when you when you pitch in this idea, what is the kind of expectation you say to schools in a realistic kind of thing of what they are going to have to commit to to make this achievable? I think there's two things for me. Um, I always say to, to, to schools where, that I'm talking to and ironically having just had two conversations with head teachers this last week, um, it's a two-way conversation. We want to set you up to succeed and we will support you to succeed. And on the other side of that, we need to make sure it's sustainable. So it's a bit like um, Steve and Ben were talking about there. And I, I suspect from hearing from you that there's a, it, it takes a team of volunteers underneath this. Some who might get time, some might get a TLR, some might get um, some recognition. But often it's just an opportunity to step into a, a whole school responsibility that, that folk are jumping at. Um, so it takes somebody to, to drive it, to have the passion to say, yes, we want to do that. And I will take the leadership role of, of, of running this and then to actually go out there and find other people within their school community who who are also as keen to make that work. Because realistically, it can't work with just one keen person. You need a team behind it to make it sustainable, to keep it um, going and to, to support young people and to support one another as well. So we, we often talk about sustainability from a, a, a leadership perspective. And I mean, we're fortunate, I think there's something like 37,000 adult volunteers that help make DV possible in the thousands of schools and organizations that run it. And it, it really wouldn't exist without them. That piece is an absolute linchpin to a school getting this started. And on the other side of this is is a really strong um, support and organisation structure from us to say, you know, here are some tools, here's a toolkit, here's what we've seen in other organisations. Let's learn from that and work together to make this work long term. Um, I think that's the, the big part. 
And I know you talked about it being an addition and Steve and, and Ben very kindly said it, it really wasn't what kind of was with, with some parts of it. Um, often we talk about embedding it within an extracurricular programme. And I think from the sounds of what Steve and Ben have done, that's exactly how they've approached some of this is they there's an extra or co-curricular programme that schools have. And a lot of the activities that are done in that time can often contribute towards part of a DAV award. And it's sort of the joy of saying, well, you know, this might just be the push to make that young person think I should go and do that and that would be good. Um, but it's it's providing an additional structure, an additional scaffold or framework that will go around that co-curricular programme to support what's, what already exists whilst also helping that to develop. And like I say, that, that staffing piece being really key. Um, and I imagine that, you know, thinking for myself about, you know, if, if I was to start this up, and I should say, you know, all hands in the air, um, my school have literally just started it up and I have attended uh, one of the DV inductions online. So I am aware of at least the first part of this. And I know I have a wonderful coordinator sort of within my school who has taken the lead and I'm sort of supporting as a volunteer because of my um, sort of background in the outdoors. But um you know, there there would be trepidation, I guess. I I feel personally that I would feel confident in we deliver BTECs and things. So, you know, um, skills and um, volunteering even, I feel confident in. I imagine most people's fears or, the, I don't know, maybe the, the highest risk assessment part of it is that outdoors part. Is Does the DV provide support training in these elements? Is there guidance uh, available? Um, Rihanna? Yes and no. Um, so yes, we provide training. So when every expedition that goes out that's a final expedition, there has to be an accredited expedition assessor. So someone who is looking at that from a quality perspective, as opposed to from a, a health and safety perspective, to say, are they meeting the, the requirements to say that they've passed a DOV expedition? Um, so that that side of it is something we do and what we then work with schools to do is say let's look at your trips and visits policy and make sure that we're making a plan to have the right ratios of appropriately trained staff to be able to run expeditions that you you want to run we work with such a, a range of organizations that if we said this is what you have to have it just wouldn't be uh, it just wouldn't work for everybody there's there's not really a one size fits all because as i mean Durham College, your ratios of staffing are going to be entirely different to the mainstream uh, mainstream school down down the road. So it's about making sure that schools have the appropriate understanding of what they need and um, are supported to look at where they can get staff training from, or if there are additional training needs, then um, making sure we're flagging that and creating plans around it. But I think ultimately it depends a lot on the policies that your school has and how that would then. Um, impact what staff that you've already got that are trained or that you need to get trained no fantastic and the, then as far as beyond the um the the you know the the um expedition element of it um there, there would be you know some guidance around what you know how do i work out what skill is a skill how do i do that how is it recorded how am i collecting evidence to to prove that these young people have done it Um, we're 
I mean, I don't know if you, those of you, I appreciate you might not have done DV Awards, Nathan, but mm. when I started, it, everything was in a book. So you got a book yeah, sent home, no. everything was on pieces of paper. And if you lost your book, woe betide you, because it was sort of the end of the world. Um, whereas we're much more digital these days. So there's an online system called eDV, and the young people and adults have access to different sides of that. A young person can even access it on an app these days on their phone. So if they want to walk along and take pictures, they can. Um, and an adult can access it and, and say, great, that's a great activity. Yes, carry on doing that. Fantastic evidence. Yes, carry on doing that. Um, and sort of support them along the way. Um, and for those young people that are in settings where it might not be that they have the capacity or ability um, to use those online systems, there's an, a, a sort of a backstop of leaders can actually add the information in for them. What we always encourage is saying, you know, have the conversation, make sure we're empowering young people to make the decisions about what they want to do as much as we possibly can, and then add the information. But yes, there's an online system now. We, we're much more digital than we used to be. Um, and that's the, the sort of way that you would manage what they're doing from a, a DV perspective. Obviously, then there's the whole actual then them doing it in a school curriculum perspective that you would see on a more practical basis. Yeah, I do you know what I, I kind of have, have gone all wistful about my my logbook, um, you know, from when I when I was a kid that is now defunct in a digital age. Now, Steve, I'm going to throw across to you there. Did you uh, do the Duke of Edinburgh or deliver the Duke of Edinburgh, should I say, under sort of the paper system, shall I call it? Are you now on the digital system? Yeah, no, we're just on the digital system. We're kind of in our eighth year of running the programme. Um, but yeah. over the eight years, we've noticed um, progress in this area from DV, um, And they are just incredibly supportive, um, especially kind of the Central England team that we work under. Um, they're always at the end of the phone. Um, and the, the opportunities in terms of training are, are absolutely fantastic. Um, so that kind of gives us the confidence to do what we do. Um, and that kind of directly impacts our students in that we can we can deliver a, be a better Duke of Edinburgh award program. Um, so yeah, there's massive massive developments in the air, in the area of kind of the online system, and, that, and that's just so helpful, and we appreciate that. Um, and like kind of Rihanna mentioned there, um, a lot of what we do is kind of it's the leaders inputting that information, um, but we've still got the support there from the Duke of Edinburgh team. Oh, fantastic. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to pop to the news. It should be about sort of uh, eight minutes long. We have a couple of adverts. We have the news. Uh, we have some tech tips. Then when we come back, I want to get into the nitty gritty of your top tips, I guess, for the Duke of Edinburgh Award for anyone thinking about setting it up or maybe any tweaks they can make to really get the most out of it if they're currently delivering it. Um, are you guys okay to stick around? Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay, we Try will up. see... <laughs> we will see you all on the other side of uh, the news. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more.
Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the government has announced that all state schools will have a defibrillator by the end of the school year in 2023. The decision to install the defibrillator, which is used to start a person's heart again if it has stopped beating, is the result of a campaign by the parents of a 12-year-old, Oliver King, who died when his heart stopped during a swimming lesson in 2011. Education Secretary James Cleverly said, The move goes some way towards preventing more tragic stories. Access to funding must not stand in the way of every school having an on-site access to a life-saving defibrillator. The evidence clearly shows that defibrillators drastically increase the chance of survival from a cardiac arrest and it is particularly important that they are available close to sports halls and playing fields that children, young people and the wider community use on a daily basis. The news has been welcomed by Oliver's family who have been campaigning since his death. The UK is braced for an unprecedented spell of extremely hot weather, with the Met Office issuing its first ever red warning for heat, meaning there is a very likely risk to life. Some schools have taken the decision to close, and others have relaxed uniform rules. The Met Office alert comes with the advice that people should take action to protect themselves and others, and avoid travelling where possible. In parts of the country, temperatures could reach 40 degrees C for the first time ever. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Last week I asked Dina the difference between the World Wide Web and the Internet. 
This question makes you realize the internet is a network of interconnected networks, or the hardware, the wires, storage, devices, and the systems that are always on, hosting the 24-7, 365 days a year access. The World Wide Web is the data that's stored on those networks, the millions of websites and pages and other data stored on servers all around the world. The internet turned out to be what you wouldn't want to lose when teaching over the ability to display. Continuing with connections, let's take a look at some of the common connections we use when projecting our screen. For most modern machines, we use an HDMI connection. MacBooks use USB-C or a wireless Apple TV connection. Not surprising that although this has been and is still quite annoying for MacBook users because you have to buy adapters to connect, I feel Apple were a bit too forward thinking on this decision. We'll come back to USB-C later because it's slowly becoming more popular for a lot of good reasons. So most of us connect via VGA, the one with the pins in, or the modern HDMI cable to a screen or a projector, or a combination of VGA and HDMI via the wonders of splitters, allowing your video signal to be sent to more than one device. You will know which wires to plug in where, and by magic, your computer will remember what to do. If you do want to push yourself to the next level, why not try extending rather than duplicating your desktop? Hold down the Windows key and press P. This will let you cycle through your display options. Sometimes extending a desktop can make a huge difference to a lesson. Showing the class D extension and dragging resources over to the second screen, the display, while you manage other tasks on your computer screen. So why should we get so excited about having USB-C ports on our computer? Well, it's symmetrical, so you can put it in any way round, which is good for a quick setup. It can carry more power and data than previous versions, so charge larger devices, and it also can support a port expander, giving you extra display ports, Ethernet, that's the internet wire, and additional USB, HDMI, and VGA ports, to name a few. If your computer supports USB-C, it may be time for you to take a look at a USB-C port expander. Do you already use USB-C? Why not get in touch with your top tips at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to Swansea and the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Gint, here on Teachers Talk Radio. Tonight we're talking about the Duke of Edinburgh Award, a life-changing experience, a fun time with friends, an opportunity to discover new interests and talents, a tool to develop essential skills for life and work many things to many people over many generations now. We're joined by Steve and Ben, who run DOV groups at Derwin College, a specialist college for young adults with special educational needs and disabilities, and Rihanna Wingro from the DOV, uh, who supports schools and organisation in its delivery. Uh, so uh, welcome back, Ben. I'll just check you're still with us. Yeah, I'm still here. Fabulous. And Rihanna? Hello, hello. Hello, and Steve. Hi, Nathan. Hey, we all made it back. And I should say, I forgot, do you know what? I haven't even mentioned the weather this week. I normally talk about the rain every show that i do at the start being here in south wales it rains a lot but we've had a heat wave because i guess the year just couldn't let us have just an easy end 
after the end of term. It had to throw another curveball at us as we kind of, you know, crawl towards the end of term. Uh, now, I did say we are talking about the Duke of Edinburgh Award. We started off, uh, if you missed the start of the show, we started off talking a little bit about, you know, personal experiences of it. Um, what teachers and adults and staff, uh, volunteers, I should say, uh, get out from running it. We talked about what the young people get out of it the kind of things uh, that can be involved and some of those examples of the kind of volunteering that you can do, the kind of skill that you can develop. Uh, And we talked a little bit about the kind of support that's out there if you are setting it up for yourselves. Now, I wanted to start off this final kind of you know, review as we as we talk about some of the bits about misconceptions. And I'm going to start with Ben here. What do you think is most misunderstood about the Duke of Edinburgh Award? When you say to someone, you know, maybe a friend, you're going for a stroll in the park, you say to them, oh, yeah, you know, I run the Duke of Edinburgh Award group. What do you think those common misconceptions people have about it are? Um, Probably, I think you might have already mentioned it at some point, that probably most people just think it's just going out and walking out in in the countryside and in the hills. Um, And obviously we only do that probably two or three times throughout their their bronze or their gold um a lot of it is volunteering and, and skill and physical um sat in a classroom depending on the time of the year um so yeah that's, pro- that's probably the main one that i could think of and what about you steve uh, any sort of what do you what do you face maybe you know uh, when describing it to parents uh, you know are there misconceptions when you use it it's a it's a well-known phrase a well-known award we've talked about that already but, you know, maybe is there any misconceptions that people have? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of agree with Ben there, really. Um, most people think that the DV Award is just all about the expedition. They think it's about camping and walking. Uh, but it is so important to realise that there are other sections for the award. Um, and it's important to realise that together, the different sort of sections of the award, that's what really do help the participants. Uh, well, that's what kind of gives them the chance to develop skills for life and skills for work. Um, so together, the, the, the four or five sections, um, that's what does help the young people fulfil their potential and have a brighter future. So it's really the complete award that does that does the thing rather than just that, that, that kind of element on its own. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Um, each section of the award um, plays a very, very important part in the Duke of Edinburgh programme. And it is this, this kind of structured programme of the different sections that really is what kind of brings the best out of the young people. And, and Rihanna, yourself there, um, you know, when you're talking about it, when you're working with people, you say, you know, you're speaking to heads about whether they will take it on or not. Do you see any misconceptions or, you know, maybe misunderstandings about the programme? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that I work and, and challenge people on every day is that they have a picture of what a DV participant or a DV organisation is in their heads. And it's quite rigid and um, outdated in many ways. But I think one of the big things that I I challenge folk with and that we as a, an organisation are looking at is accessibility and saying that it, it shouldn't matter what your background is, what your level of ability is, what your, um, you know, your learning needs are. It's, it's accessible. It's about an individual challenge. It's about being supportive of, of whatever kinds of, of organizations are looking at this. And, and we're doing an, a, a huge amount of work at the moment to say it's, it's not just about schools, there are community-based organizations that also could benefit from, from this and that their young people could also have that access. 
so I think it's it's really about that um, outdated norm that I, I think that's one of the biggest things for me is is challenging that and saying that it's it's not just about it, this is the kind of young person that should be doing it it's it's any young person can do it yeah and you know I think sometimes we do and obviously we you know we are teachers talk radio where we're talking about it today um but yeah when I think back to you know even when I when I was a child and this is a long time ago now when my dad was running it he wasn't running it out of a school he was running it out of a um you know an after school uh, group at a college would have been what he's doing so um rihanna do you see those um groups appearing then in different places not just you know a secondary school running it gosh absolutely um this last couple of years especially i mean in the southwest we have a number of organizations that support more marginalized young people um i mean one springs to mind and i won't name them um, by name but i know that they work with young people who are um, not in employment, educational training, or that are at risk of becoming not in employment, educational training, as well as home, ba- you know, homeschool learners who would otherwise s- struggle perhaps to access this through uh, certainly wouldn't have access to a school, but they may not want to go to a uniformed organisation like the Scouts or Guides or Cadets. So it's it's looking at ways that we can find access routes for those young people who might otherwise not see the opportunity. And I think the big thing is we appreciate DV isn't for everybody, but if we can give everybody the opportunity, they can make that choice. But without that choice, then it's not being um, as accessible as we want to be. Mm, definitely. Now, Steve, I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't think I've asked you this. Did you start the Duke of Edinburgh at your, the organisation that you're with now at Derwin College, or was it already running when you when you started there? Yeah, no, that's something we kind of started up um, eight years ago. That's something I was kind of heavily involved in, really. Um, okay. Well, you are best placed then, current, currently at the moment for me, to, to answer this. What, you know, I, I, I was going to ask what common pitfalls might people fall into. What mistakes did you make? If you could go back those eight years, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I mean, we constantly look to improve the programme. We learn from setbacks and previous experiences, um, but it's important to never kind of lose sight of the fact that the students are the real inspiration and that's what kind of drives us on. Um, So that's what drives us on to look for the new challenge. So we mustn't kind of let setbacks get in the way. Um, So each year we just kind of try to take something away um, and how we can kind of improve on that the next year. Um, so we're kind of learning all the time and the, the types of students that we have involved in the programme, that's kind of changing all the time. So we just have to, we have to be on it in terms of our planning and our preparation just to ensure that we meet every student's needs. So kind of being uh, organised then would be adopted from you and, and kind of being aware and adapting the programme, I guess? Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the type of students that we have, uh, we have to make adaptions to the programme, but we're not diluting the challenge in, in, in any way. Uh, the young people at Derwin College have to meet the same criteria as any other DV participant. We just have to be mindful about the individual's needs and how best to meet them, um, just while considering everything. Um, so yeah, just kind of being organised, lots of planning, lots of preparation. Um, we've got kind of a vigorous risk assessment process um, and we're just kind of doing what we can just to meet the, the individual needs of every student, just to make sure that, that, that they have a good experience and, and their opportunities uh, are available to them. Um, and, and Rihanna, um, do you see sort of common mistakes that are sort of classic errors, I guess, that, that you kind of tell people beforehand, hey, you know, don't make this mistake, don't, don't make that mistake? 
I think it's the biggest part for me is it's less about not making the mistakes, but more like Steve says, learning from them. They're go you're going to make mistakes. It will happen. It's learning from that. Um, I do think when I talk to schools that are first setting the program up, I say to them, you really need a, a structure and you need a plan and not just to say, well, this is the end goal, but to work backwards from that. So if you, you're saying, well, we want to enroll young people, we want young people to do the award, that's fantastic. But there's an awful lot that goes in behind that to make that happen. So it might be booking an assembly, it might be somebody actually speaking at it, it might be running a parents' evening, it might be writing letters home, setting up payments. There's an awful lot that goes behind what happens, behind the... The fun that our adult uh, supporters make possible and I think it's saying to you know to folks looking at setting this up have a have a plan have a structure look at your academic year see when things happen and start putting dates in with your SLT and engage folk from a, a, across your organization um, I have a, a school that has 19 parent volunteers and that's how they make expeditions happen I have another school where its governors are heavily involved and they were the sort of um, onus on us to say, we want this, please give it to us. And all of this is saying, actually, it's having a plan, making sure you know who's going to do what and when they're going to do it. And coming back to that plan and, and revising it when it doesn't work quite right and not being scared to make changes. Um, and I, I guess the other big piece of advice I'd be remiss not to say is, there is so much support there and there is so much support not just from us but from others who have done it who are really keen and really willing to share their experiences the classic steve and ben are here today wanting to do that and it's just absolutely fantastic and i'm always seeing that enthusiasm from the people i talk to who want to help others to have that same experience and to help their young people have the same experience so knowing where you can get support as well is just it, it will help you avoid some of those mistakes I think for me as well, one of the important things is to kind of get that information out there. So communicate everything that's involved to the participants themselves, the students, but kind of also to to, to parents and also to the wider staff team. Um, I think the more that everybody knows about the Duke of Edinburgh Award and what's involved, uh, then the more successful programme. So definitely a top tip would be to kind of get that information out there in, in whatever sort of channel is best for, for, for the individual organisation. Yeah, and I, you know, I would also echo there what uh, sort of Rihanna said about. I think you know this this uh, uh, people who have done the award talking about the award, and I only say this from experience of you know the person who has chosen this year to set it up at the school that I'm at is someone who it, the school used to do it and it stopped doing it, but this was a ex pupil who is now a teacher who so positively reflects on their experience of completing the Duke of Edinburgh award that they felt that they wanted to give other people the the opportunity and I think that says uh, a great deal about kind of what the award gives to people is that yeah, there's a person who was a young person at the school and saw such benefit in it that they wanted to reinvigorate and restart it up at the school and um, also this advice then Rihanna that you know you are doing people are able to make this fit their needs your role must be incredibly varied then with people calling you sort of sort of asking you questions about the different ways that this is able to be delivered extremely varied <laughs> and as part of the joy of the job I must say um, but I I have had 
anything from 45 to 70 schools that and organizations that I support at any one time and my job is to understand each of them and how they do things and what fits best with them and every single year and every meeting and every conversation we look at that plan and we say how are things going what's you know what do you need to stop what do you need to start what do you need to continue doing and look at that and the support framework around it so it's it's an ever-changing, ever-various conversation, but I think the joy of, of, of what I do is I, I see the breadth of that and I see how it works well and what works well in other places and can talk to people and say, oh, well, you could try this. I've seen that work and maybe we'll give that a go and, and test the waters. And I think that's the joy of it, really, is, is the variety as much as anything else. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I, I wanted to give us time at the end, not, you know, not necessarily a sales pitch, because if it's right for people, I do believe that people, you know, should, as as you kind of already described, um, you know, if that opportunity is there, they, 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 they will see it. Um, but Ben, if there is someone who is a, you know, a young person, or sorry, a, like a, a staff member, I should say, sort of thinking, actually, I want to get involved with this, I want to, you know, maybe set it up. Um, what would you say to them about the, the, the benefits of it for, for the students and also for yourself as the person delivering it? Um, for, for the students especially, um, it's, it's huge. It can't be underestimated what, what difference it can make in, uh, in their life. Um, I'll give one example. A student who just received a gold award a couple of weeks ago, she said that it helped her grow as a woman. Um, so that, that obviously really touched us what she said um so yeah i would say in terms of what it can give for students it's 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 massive so i would say go for it do it um you put everything into it yourself and you'll see the rewards yourself as well it is so rewarding you know that is fantastic and, and powerful as well that you know that that example that you gave and steve what would you say you know say there, there, there is someone from the, the the college down the road or the you know the a, a local youth group or a, you know a, another school who, who reach out to you and say you know should i set this up what, what what's it like what's what's the benefits yeah definitely um i mean the participants they're just a massive part of of the Duke of Edinburgh award and the main thing that kind of staff gain from that experience is seeing the participants just achieve things that they never believe they could um, and the progress that we see in the students um, is phenomenal and that's just an amazing thing to be part of um, we have staff from across different areas of the college who kind of give up their extra time to support students and they're able to kind of see and interact with students in a completely different environment to the usual work areas and they can kind of see these remarkable changes in them and that's just a, a very inspiring journey to be part of um, and many of our students kind of thrive in the outdoors and they achieve things that they never thought they would um, and through kind of doing the Duke of Edinburgh programme, um, we kind of see students develop skills for life, work, and it kind of gives them an opportunity to really fulfil their potential. Um, and at the college, we're all about developing independence and the Duke of Edinburgh Awards just plays a massive part in that. Um, so I really can't recommend the award scheme enough to anybody. Um, and I'd urge any other organisation, whether it would be a school or a youth group, uh, if you're kind of worried about the work or the commitment or maybe the logistics involved, um, just consider the end benefit to the students and the and the people involved in it. And those memories, um, they far outweigh any obstacles along the way. 
yeah, the, you know, the change that, that that is possible for people through, you know, and I think that you, the memories is possibly the right word there. Because when I talk to people about, you know, having done it, there is something ta- almost tangible about them, you know, and I know Ben's mentioned sort of standing in the rain, maybe in a, a soggy Duke of Edinburgh award trip. But even that, you know, and having got through it, I, I see the, a, a light in people's eyes when they are relaying that they have, really feel like they have achieved something through this yeah absolutely i mean we we have tears along the way we have sad times um but we have lots of laughs as well um we learn together we laugh together and and hopefully as well as a a nationally recognized award students kind of leave with some amazing memories and and something they can take confidence from and something they can look back in time and, and, and be really proud about yeah, and you know, I, I, we did talk a little bit about at the start about the fact that this is something that an employer will see and an employer will recognise what this is and what it means. It's you know, it's a well-known thing. Now, Rihanna, if I you know come to you just as we are you know coming towards the end of the show, what would what could someone do or what steps should someone take if they have heard this or if they've been thinking about you know becoming either involved as a volunteer, we could start with, um, or setting up a group in, you know, in its entirety um, of a, a DOV um, group. So uh, to start with, with being involved as a volunteer, there's a few options. Yeah. You could reach out to your local school, scout group, college, um, and say, you know, express your interest in volunteering. And I know many will absolutely bite your hand off and say, yes, please, we'll have you today. Thank you very much. Um, You can also get in touch with the charity directly. So we're on social media, we're on Twitter, um, you know, all all of those different networks. Uh, Drop us an email, just um, info at dav.org. We've got so many different capacities that you can get involved and and support through. Um, If you're interested in setting up the DAV in your organisation, we're in an unprecedented position of having a a number of um, supportive funding pots to help you. And it's just a case of having a little look at our website. It's Access Without Limits on dav.org. And there's a a host of information there that will help you, whether you're a school or a community-based organisation. And there's a lot of contact details and access information on there. So I would say have a look on our online, get in touch with us or get in touch with your local organisation and um, we can have a, a further conversation. Fantastic stuff. Now, it's been wonderful to talk to you all um, about these different, uh, you know, the different aspects. And I think, you know, particularly um, the the fact that it is more than just an expedition, the fact that it is these these um, um, developments over time, this commitment over time as well in different ways. And, you know, it's been wonderful. And thank you to the guys, particularly from Derwin College, for joining us to talk about, you know, the, the, the fact that this really is possible for for anyone, you know, no matter their, their ability or disability, um, that, that they could become involved with and really take something away from a national. Um, now, before we go, and I will wrap things up and, we, you know, we will say goodnight. Obviously, if you have only just joined us at the end, you can listen to this back. You can visit our website at ttradio.org slash listen back, where you'll find all our past shows. And you can Type into the little search uh, bar there uh, any keywords you want or, or any names and you'll be able to sort of search back through. You can, of course, find it on all of the uh, kind of different uh, iTunes, uh, 
Spotify, all of those uh, pod downloading um, websites, or find us at TT Radio 2022 on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, on LinkedIn. You can find us all over the place as well, where you'll be able to hear about our other shows or join the conversation. Tweet us if you've heard something, you have a question, we'll tag people in, we'll continue that conversation going, um, and uh, and we'll be able to talk more. So it, it does bring us to the end. I mean, the sun is still shining. I can't get over it, the, 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 the beautiful weather we're having at the moment. It is my last day in school tomorrow. I have come to the end of term finally i'm looking forward to it hopefully if you're listening back to this you may well be in your summer holidays now hopefully i guess on a beach somewhere uh, really enjoying it as a teacher and taking that quality time back uh, we will throw to each of our guests just for a kind of a final uh, comment or a final uh, message uh, you know about the duke of edinburgh award uh, so ben any last messages for people um i would just say i've obviously only been uh, DV lead now for probably about a year and a half maybe coming on two years and it's it's just been amazing um it's pushed my job on more than i thought it could it's probably made me more confident as a teacher as well and as a person um yeah it's for, for what we do as a college it's it's fantastic and uh, yeah here's more more years to come fantastic and steve any last messages uh, yeah, just that the DAV, it's a fantastic programme and it's a vehicle that can be used to develop young people. Um, being part of the DAV team and walking and working towards a shared goal really is kind of motivating. It's really inspiring um, and never lose fight, sight of the fact that, that the young people are the reason that we do this. Um, and a confident, happy and healthy young person has a better chance of going on to achieve greater things in life. Um, and we just know that students that complete their DAV um, DV Awards uh, leave us with some amazing memories. Fantastic. And um, so, Rihanna, that kind of leaves you to wrap us up. Any final thoughts, any last uh, comments before we go? I just say at the end of what has been another very challenging academic year, a huge thank you to everybody who has helped and supported and been part of DV programmes in schools, helped their young people if they're parents, helped. Um, each other as peers, just a huge thank you. DV would not exist and would not work as well as it does in your organisations without you. So it's an enormous, enormous thank you from me. And anybody who is interested in getting involved, please do reach out. We are always keen to talk and really, really appreciative of anybody who is um, interested. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, guys. And yeah, it, it, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time to share with our listeners um, the kind of, you know, the, what you see as those great benefits from the Duke of Edinburgh Award and ways that they can get involved and help that they can have. And that advice, I think, you know, is invaluable. And, you know, I, I do always say to people, reach out to people who are doing things, whether that be in any aspect of education or teaching. There are people out there and the people's ability and their willingness to give support I always astounds me me and I'm always grateful for uh, visit the Derwin Va- the sorry the Derwin College uh, website if you haven't because you know if you want to see children thriving that you know the photos on there are fantastic and I should say well done to you guys as well that you know really looks like a wonderful thing that you're doing and uh, that leaves us to yeah from here in sunny South Wales as it is the day before the end of term for me I will say Nostar which is good night in Welsh so Nostar to my guests and uh, yeah Good night, and uh, we'll see you next time. Ta-da. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio 
Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.